And we're live. There we go. Del further. Official Overwatch League podcast now that I've got somebody paper contracted. There we are with MKL from Washington Justice. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. He messages me, roll out of bed, grab some coffee. We're here. We're here ready to talk about the Overwatch League. That's how it is when you're a European, man. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, you got you to be up. You got to be ready, ready to go. It's, uh, it's eSports hours. You don't get to... Don't get to sleep in, and that's totally cool with me because I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll find ways to nap and and, and sleep any of the stuff off because I think we're both kind of like still fighting colds. Oh yeah, I've been having a, a rough New Year's. <laughs> Started right before New Year's Eve and then been going until now. And then it debates you like halfway through. You're like, oh, you're feeling better. Like, yeah, you can go out and do things, and no, and then you yeah, come back I had and you're just, like ill. So again. for New Year's, I had the strep throat, so I uh, went to the doctor, got penicillin, yeah. and then. That got better, and then I just, like, started with the coughing and then everything else, so it was... Uh, I've been going through the faces, <laughs> to say the yeah. least. Gotta start the new year right. At least when you get to, you know, L.A., you'll be all healthy, your immune yeah, system's just, you I'm know... I'm good for the season, I'm just getting it out of the way, right? Exactly! Everybody's gonna be like, oh, I have strep, like, yeah, I got that done January, baby. <laughs> Let's go. So, obviously, you... I don't know if I would say just were signed, but uh, recently you joined the Washington Justice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, let's let's jump into that. You know, how how did that kind of come about? How did you how were you approached by Kate? You know, how was that whole thing? Um, and, you know, let's let's just kind of dip our toes in the water in the Washington Justice. How, how did you get there? Uh, Well, so as most people know, I've known Kate from L&L. She mm-hmm. was our manager and I was doing what I did do now for lnl uh so after so we knew that steffi was taking silence and then they were going to atlanta Mm -hmm. so i had some tryouts for atlanta but they were looking for because the thing is atlanta is that me and silence pretty much did the same thing right so it it didn't make sense for atlanta to pick us both up when we're practically doing the same thing because you don't want to build a staff of like seven people right Mm mm-hmm uh, so I, I was looking for a team. I was kind of at the point where like, oh, every, everyone's already picked up all their staff. I've kind of given up. And then mm. I was doing Team Norway. So I went to uh, the Burbank Studios with Team Norway. Uh, and then Kate contacted me about an interview. So I kind of knew already that she was working with an expansion team, but I didn't know a lot about it. Right. So she just hit me up. We had an interview there in person. She already knew what I did professionally, but she wanted to know more about because this is a little, like a big step up from what Elena was, right? There's like all the other stuff. So, um, so yeah, we had the interview. This was I don't remember exactly when, but mm-hmm. five months ago now. So it's been a very okay, long time. Yeah. So you've you've so, kind of been working there. So we kind of shook hands. She was like adamant, like, okay, I know what you're gonna do. I kind of want to bring you on. So I was brought on very early, so I was there for like the early tryouts, and so, I mean that was that. Hmm. We had a good interview. She already like she already knew how I was I was professionally, so like we didn't have to talk about. Right, like, I didn't have to bring with, anything with yeah. LNL before, and you guys. It's like the manager that's like very hands on. So like like she would be there for scrims. She would even be there for staff discussions when we hmm. were like talking before okay. scrims after scrims. Interesting. Interesting. 
Now you kind of touched on it there that you and Silence kind of did the same thing. So kind of walk yeah. me and and the audience through the day in the life of like an Overwatch League analyst. Um, does that always include data? You know what it, what are you kind of particular to when it comes to analyzing Overwatch? Like what's um what's what's some things that you kind of try to bring to your team? So, uh, yeah, as as you said, most people when they think analyst, it's like data. Hmm. I don't really do data because Wizard already has is like data slaves anyways sure so he has his entire team working on every part of that so my like my title per se right now is like macro specialist like if a wizard will come to me is like oh uh we want to work on our ultimates can you look into this and this and then i'll go over vods and i'll like use my like expertise on macro mm -hmm. and then the other part of my job is just being the first scrims and giving feedback like uh, our staff is structured in a way that our main job, we all have like a main speciality, sure. but we also all fill in on like bring up discussions and we talk about this and that like a normal staff would do. But we, we always have like one job that we're all accountable for. So what that's mostly for the staff is that like Obasil's a tank, tank specialist, uh, Shrugger's the DPS specialist, and then Avala is like the support specialist. So they work with the supports, tanks, like, roll by roll. And then I work mostly with Wizard. Like, he'll just hit me up on Discord. We'll have, like, a 20-minute talk. I want, like, you to work on this and this. And then it'll be, like, a daily project or, like, a weekly project. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Um, when it comes to the Overwatch League, I think that, you know, the coaches and the coaching staff don't really get a lot of camera time, per se. And it's, and it's really not um in the job description to to be out there you know making content and, and kind of like putting out your personality so if i could yeah. i, I kind of wanted to get some like you know personality from you know the, the the larger coaching staff that washington has is that is that okay okay so like when you work with shrugger you know i i do understand that he's a former player i believe he mm -hmm. competed in tf2 quite a bit you know what's what's shrugger like for the for the audience what, what's what's he uh like? shrugger's I mean, Shrugger's just really nice. That's like how I would describe <laughs> Shrugger. So, um, he's just very approachable. He's like just really nice to talk to. He's not like he'll bring up what he thinks. Mm -hmm. He's not like super like uh, confrontal. Like he won't like argue with you. Like because he's like he's not that like stubborn type of person. He's very sure. like he'll hear you out and then bring up what he thinks. So he's like uh, like he mostly does his own thing. Like okay. you, like I'm, I don't, like I don't talk that much to Shrugger like professionally. So he mostly just does the, the DPS stuff, and then like if we're doing scrims, like we'll have our like little coach chat. So sure. we'll talk there. So who outside of Wizard, who would you say is like your closest member on the coaching staff? Who do who do you kind of like interact with the most? Uh, so, uh, it's kind of, I mean, me and Avala has like we worked together before on the okay. optic, but. The thing is that we're split by the time zone, so like when I'm awake, she's not awake. Right. Like, we're only together for scrims. Like outside of like outside of scrims, I'd say probably say Obasil, because we share like we're we're good friends as well. Like we'll mm -hmm. probably we'll talk in Discord, we'll like play games together, stuff like that. Awesome, that's really cool. Um, and then Obasil is also kind of like me in the sense that like we're very like. We like to argue a lot, like not in a bad sense, but like if, if I think this is better than that, and I'll, like I won't, I will not give up until like either can, I like I, I real, 
either yeah, either I realize I'm wrong or I like I get my point across and they understand like I'm like to a sense stubborn, but in a I, good way. It's I, it's it's conventional. It's it's important to have, you know, those discussions and having, you know, mm -hmm. a, a buddy to debate with and have mm -hmm. and, and structure ideas or with and around is, is important, you know. I think everybody kinda needs somebody to argue with at times, you know, mm -hmm. like a sparring buddy, but um, and that's really cool. And that kind of like solves Obasil for me. But Avala is somebody that has come out in the community and has, has really pushed her, not her brand, but like putting out some like little interesting tidbits of information from, I don't know if it was specifically your guys' scrims, um, but there's been a lot of like uh, info about her. So kind of what, what is she like behind the scenes? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and say everyone's really nice, but like, of all as well, is like, she, she's really nice. Okay. She's like, uh, she's kind of like sugar in the sense that she's very nice. She'll say what she thinks and then she'll listen very nicely. Like, mm -hmm. she's not, she's not like kind of like how I would describe myself, which is like annoyingly stubborn at sometimes. <laughs> she's very like, she'll listen to you and then sure. she agrees, she agrees, and then. I mean, she's kind of like, she's very much how she comes off in public. She's okay. just very nice, very genuine person. What about what about the, the head honcho himself? What about the wizard young? He seems uh, kind of an enigma to me. You know, we, we got a little bit of a podcast ooh. from him on like oversight, but I, 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 what is he like behind the scenes? Can we, can we talk I about I think that? everyone thinks wizard's like just a piece of shit because of his <laughs> persona. Right? Sure. But... Honestly, working with Wizard is like the most fun I've had working in Overwatch because he's like, hmm. he's like, he just, he's like very like, he'll set the guidelines and he's like, okay, go do your own thing, go have fun. And then like, I'll bring it up to him and then we'll like talk about this and that, like have some arguments. And then he's like really smart. So like, I learn a lot just talking to him. And then he's like very, he's very nice. He's very understanding. Like, he's like the opposite of his persona pretty much because his persona is like this awful person who's like, thinks he's better than everyone else right but then when it comes to wizard young as a head coach he's just really nice he's like he jokes a lot and he's very understandable and he's also very smart at the same time which like mm. makes a great combo so you know it's it's that 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 branding and the public doesn't necessarily match what's going on behind the scenes and yeah you know. not to yeah i don't want to pop wizard's bubble because he's got a good thing going on but fair enough, wizard, fair enough. the public wizard young is not the same as professional wizard young I think that's a that's a very uh, eloquent way to put that. That works. Mm -hmm. That works. Now we were talking before the show, and we were talking about the format. You know, how do you think that's really going to impact? You know, the the traditional teams and the expansion teams. You know, how is that going to be a big change of format, or is that not going to be a, a huge deal to some of these teams? So for the the split between the the different like the Atlantic and Pacific, I don't think sure. that's a huge thing because i feel like they're both kind of balanced where uh i don't remember which one is which but ours is very like top heavy and bottom heavy there's like a pretty major split down the mm -hmm. middle and then the other one is like very even what with maybe like one outlier on the top and one outlier on the bottom sure so i think being split into those different groups wouldn't make a difference but how the, the different stages is rolling out where like you're kind of like some teams have like a harder earlier stage while maybe last season you kind of played the same teams every stage and like right. the stages didn't really have a difference so like for say like i can only i, I don't i'm mostly only known ours but like sure. we have like a really rough one first stage hmm. which a lot of people think is going to be like really bad for us well i think it's the exact opposite because like we kind of get thrown into it we kind of like 
<laughs> I don't want to like brush it off like over oh, ha- like oh we're gonna lose everything anyways but like it's like uh like we get a lot of experience that's gonna like help us grow as a team sure. and then we can bring that all onto like stage three stage four and then that's kind of as an expansion team what you're looking to like using the first few stages to grow because hmm. like quite frankly like almost all expansion teams are going to be pretty awful stage one because <laughs> like everyone's flying into la now with like less than a month of practice before their first games like some have been practicing in boot camps but they've been playing like contenders teams they yeah. haven't been playing all the all teams and then for us we've been playing in na like we've been playing with like terrible ping on our koreans like mm. it's not been perfect practice so it's like one month of good practice before you're playing against a team that's been playing for a year. Right. So like the reality is your experience is just not going to match up. Like you can have start talent, but your experience is just not there. So with justice, you're kind of, uh, anticipating like a slow burn upwards though. So like you start, yeah. you know, you're, you're not last You're You're just trying to, to get by You're learning, you're growing. That's the kind of the key phrase I keep hearing. Um, and once you kind of hit your stride in like stage two, that's when we'll kind of see peak justice. Is that what I'm getting? I think it's very unfair to say we're going to do really well in stage one, right? Right. Like I mean, I think that's fair for a lot champions. of We're playing teams, like NYXL, which is like the team that everyone expecting to do best. Right. Like from our scrims, if that was like a direct correlation to how we're going to do on stage, then we would have done really well in stage one. But like, <laughs> like everyone knows it's just scrims and scrims right. will be scrims. And we're using scrims to practice. We're not using it to win or anything. Mm. So, like, right now, we're focusing on fundamentals. And then probably same for stage one. We're going to focus on building as a team. Like, we're look, it's a, it's a whole season. It's not just one stage. It's not a quick tournament. You have to fo- look, like, at the bigger picture, right? Sure, of course. Now, now, one thing I did want to kind of, like, pick your brains on about scrims. How, you know, one thing that gets thrown around a lot and, and can be used as an excuse for a lot of teams is like hiding strats. Like how often do you really think um, in teams that you worked with in the past, like how often do you really see teams really hide strats in, in practice? Are they testing those strategies? Or are they just not using them and they're kind of working at fundamentals? Is that something you kind of as a, as a coach or an analyst, like tend to do a lot of is like hide strategy in <laughs> tier two. It happens a lot because oh, okay. you're like, Oh, these people talk to these people, uh, so we can't show our strats to them because then fair. they're just gonna tell them anyways, right? So in tier two, you have to be really smart about who you show your strats to. <laughs> I in owl, there's like everyone's way more fair. Like if you show your strats, they're not gonna instantly leak the vods because first of all, you're like you're looking at fines if you get found out that you're right. leaking vods, right? So, uh, but then also our my only experience with owl wads have been playing constant goats for like a few months so <laughs> there isn't a lot of hiding strats they're like oh shit they're gonna play Anna on this map like right. oh my god they're <laughs> they're crazy yeah shaking up the entire game right now you mentioned goats coming in there's a lot of it you know when it comes to this this ptr patch and we have no idea if this ptr patch is gonna hit owl stage one or if or when a preseason happens nobody knows um but what are your kind of thoughts on the ptr patch is this something that we can be looking forward to or is this goats on goats on goats i think goats is still very strong mm. it's strong in a very different way than say like contenders right now sure so the difference is that like they changed brig to be more of a healer so like your ryan will get like spiked down a lot and healed back up while um mm. 
the contender's patch, he'll just die. Like he just he just gets shield bashed and dies. And then for like other stuff, I think there's gonna be some variation. I think like the people on Twitter, like a ghost is dead. I don't think ghost is dead. I think ghost is very different. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see a lot of variations, like say, like dropping Diva for like Symmetra, dropping Diva for Reaper, stuff like that. Symmetra. Like right now on PTR, there's like a lot of experimentation, but then again, it's going to calm down when people realize like what is good. Right. And then exactly. That's kind of like how Overwatch always would be. Like the first few weeks of PTR, it's like the wild rodeo because everyone's trying the new stuff, especially when there's like new characters. It's like with Ash, and then people realize that Ash wasn't that good, anyways. But. <laughs> Uh, like it's just a lot of experimentation, and people go on Twitter, and then the fans get really happy because they're like, "Oh, Goats is dead," and then one week later, they're like, "Oh, Goats is still good." So I think PTR, if this is what uh, OWL is going to be on, mm-hmm. it's going to be, it's it's going to be played very very different than what Contenders is because just how Brig is different. But mm-hmm. I think still Goats, where Goats is really strong, is going to be played. There's going to be some variations, and then it's going to be some. There's more room for people, like for teams, to like counter goats, like picking DPS characters. Sure. So you'll you'll actually get to see DPS on on their their yeah. role a little bit. Oh, some teams good. are playing purely DPS, like two 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 or that's cool. Ball ball and triple DPS and stuff like that. Do you think it will kind of settle out back to like a just normal meta that everybody just kind of like? adapts to and kind of adopts and you might see a little bit of variation but for the most part do you think it's going to kind of just settle down at some point yeah i think it's going to settle down like it's just everyone's going to it's going to like the meta is going to get figured out you're going to know what beats the most and loses to the least right and then you're just going to everyone's going to play that Mm. because no one has time to practice everything like that's just not how that this game works so of course with the amount of you know variables with the cart and yeah. you know where where fights happen, it's there's there, there's too much to practice and so much so much. Like to, the to main reason out. I think Overwatch always just boils down to picking like the six best characters that synergizes the best is that sure. like the game is just there's so much fucking chaos. Yeah. Like there's so many variables like the cart, high ground, all like dying to just random stuff. Like you're just like as like. Especially, like, in my role, one thing I realized is that you're just trying to make it as easy as possible for the players so, like, the least amount of bullshit can happen. Mm -hmm. That's something that um, I kind of... I had overheard from, like, listening to some of, like, the coaches in, like, League of Legends talk was Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's, like, a power scale that you kind of have to balance at some point where it's like the most optimal composition that like ideally would be the best in every scenario versus how difficult it is to pull off. Yeah. yeah. You're always going to get like the easier to execute versus the, the the highest optimal because it's, you're working with players, you're working with people, you know, there, there is error there, you know, you're playing against other people. There is error there as well. Like nothing's, nothing works in a vacuum like that. So it it is kind of interesting. And and it's, would you say that's, that's fairly accurate or do you think that, that... yeah. Okay. Like the thing is, uh, like you still usually tend to go for like whatever is just the absolute best. Like if you're playing, like, playing dive like it's pretty high skill selling like you're not picking easier character but like you're still just like you're picking like six characters like so you can get the most amount of time on those six characters Mm -hmm. and then with subtle variations here and there just to make it like while maybe you could get like one percent more out of playing another character on this and this and this and this point right right it might just make more sense to just play that one character just to get more practice on that character 
and when it comes to something that i kind of was exploring um when like the band talk was like super super prominent and i know that i kind of messaged you and we kind of thought through it a little bit because i wasn't Mm -hmm. super sold on it but after talking to a couple other contenders coaches and and really getting a a consensus argument from a lot of these you know prominent pundits and and you know incredibly overwatch smart people Mm -hmm. um I've noticed that there's this trend that, like, yes, goats probably won't ever die. Neither will dive, right? The, there's these, like, kind of core compositions that, like, won't go away. So I've kind of narrowed them down to, like, you have your dive compositions. You know, you can move the pieces around and dive. But, like, the idea of just jumping with mo- very mobile heroes, that probably won't go away anytime soon. Same thing with, like, a death ball or, like, a poke or a spam. Like, yeah, like, some... we've, had, we've had death ball comps for, exactly. like, years now. Like, we had the quad tank, like, two years ago. Like, mm-hmm. it's still pretty much the same. Like, it's just a death ball comp that just goes, like, very high tempo. Would you say that there's, like... I think there's been kind of a small outlier with this this weird kind of skirmish-based quad DPS composition that, like, the East are running, and that is kind of permeating over to the West a little bit on, like... Uh, Route 66A is one in particular that like everybody on attack and sometimes on defense will Wait, run. What, just what are they playing? Quad like, DPS. They're running what, like what, Ash, oh, quad, Widow, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ash Widow Ball so, or Arisa, Mercy, Farah, all this weird kind of stuff. Like, Do you think that we'll see this, we'll ever see kind of a, a an outlier composition that we haven't really seen before that is kind of completely new? With bands or just in general? Just in general, just in general. <laughs> So like the co- like the way that comp works is just like you just create so much chaos. Everyone just like every single character works on its own. So like mm-hmm. even if you like kill two people, the comp can still kill two people itself, right? So that like it's kind of just how root works. Like root first point, like there's it's so open while still having a lot of flanks, and like the point itself is really weird. Root's mm. like a really weird map. So it, <laughs> like it's always enabled. Like it had like the um, the solo healer sombra for like so long. Yeah. Because you had the good packs, and then you just had a bunch of flankers that could run run around the map freely. So the map has always like enabled like the self-sustaining characters, like flankers, and say like you just pop like a Pharah with like a Mercy on it or something, and then the Mercy has a lot of mobility. So I think Root will always be one of those maps that like will allow for like really weird stuff to happen. Mm. I think there are like most other maps are very like. Like, Root's, like, the map that's, like, there's so little macro on that map. You just kind of just plow, like, you you just kill the other team. Fair. And then you just run around the map. While, like, how, like, like other maps like Kingshore and Hollywood, there's, like, you can use the map in a way that allows you to, like, shut down, like, that, <laughs> the, like, no strategy, like, compositions where you sure. just run around, right? So, so it... I, I think for the future, like, it makes, like, yeah, Root will always be this, because Root just is that map. Mm. There's other maps that are similar, but not, like, Root's, like, the main map that will enable just just really stupid shit to happen. Another map that I've kind of heard through the grapevine that, you know, is kind of uh, polarizing for some coaches is Busan. Have you guys practiced that a lot? What's your what's your thoughts on this? This I would say I think this is the newest map kind of added to the competitive pool. Is, do you guys like Busan? Is that a is that a, is that a fun map to play? I mean, for my job, Koth is rarely fun because Koth is just again kind of a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of brawly chaos. Yeah, I think Busan is a pretty decent map. Like it has a lot of variations. Like like the drum map, I think Shrine. Mm. 
like everyone used to play goats and then there was this orisa comp that used to be really popular and then now there's like still a lot of goats because you just go right side and you get on point but there's like every map has like variation the, the least variable map is like mecha base because even downtown enables widow a lot pharaoh a lot mm -hmm. stuff like that so the map is fun picking comps and it's really fun playing i think it's a really fun map interesting same with same with a lot of cough maps it's just there's not a lot of like macro depth to the map because right. it's a cough map and the the game mode itself doesn't really enable a lot of in-depth analysis would you say that there was there's something you could change about control that might give it that that kind of a little like a little bit slower pace a little bit more analytical do you think that there's it's the it's the length of the, each each sub map is it or is it just like king of the hill is always going to be just like big fights not a ton of like map control variances is, is is there any kind of change you would make to it that makes it a little bit more interesting i think the problem itself is just how it's built up like you you start mm -hmm. a lot with the concept of control where like you have this short like time like you just go to 100 seconds right and then all the maps are built around that concept which makes that like if you've changed a concept and all the maps are broken because right. then you have like really small maps for a longer game mode which makes no sense because chokes are pretty hard to break on cough like they're, they're meant to be hard to break so you have to use ultimates to break them but if you make the game modes like really long then you just get pummeled and spawn over and over again like mm. so i think cough like i think i don't think there's anything wrong with cough i think just like for my role, Cough is just really boring because there's enough. not like a lot to talk about. But like, I think it's super entertaining to watch because like it just shows like great mechanical skill and like synergy, synergy between the, like the teams. Mm. But that's, like that's for like an analysis type standpoint, it's just there's not a lot to it. It's just a lot of brawling and picking what is the least like like which path do we die the least taking. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, now <laughs> doubling back to the justice, um, you know, there's there's a few players on there, uh, namely some of the Korean players. You know, mm -hmm. I've been a big fan of Otto when he first kind of broke out in Korea. But for for those at home that aren't necessarily super familiar with some of the Korean players, you know, who who really should we be keeping our eyes on? Who who you know, kind of sell us on some of the players that um, you know NA might not necessarily be super familiar with. Funnily enough, I think it's the one that everyone thinks is going to be the worst. So really? I think Sansom is like really, really, really good. Hmm. He eats more grabs than like some of the really high profile names like that we're scrimming against. And like even now on PTR, where like it's really hard to eat like grabs or like other ultimates because mm -hmm. you have the two second cooldown, he still is the one that's eating the most grabs. Like it's insane. Right. So I think Sansom's like it's going to be like, oh shit. He got last a lot, but now he's not going to be like, because that's like, he's like a main reason that everyone's like looking down on us. Cause like, yeah, he doesn't have the most impressive track record, but mm. like, it's not like we, like, we just picked up our players blindly. Like everyone went to pretty extensive tryouts and he was like, like there was a lot of really good diva players in our tryouts and he was just the best, like simply like he was just so good. Hmm. That's interesting. It's, it's, it is kind of fun to hear behind the scenes stuff and, mm -hmm. and, and get to know the players before the matches obviously don't want anything too sensitive you know don't want don't want any leaks here we're just you know trying to inject some new information no no harm no fouls type stuff um would you say that he was the biggest surprise coming out of the trials um for the team or was there anybody else that kind of really shocked you even with some of the mm. intangibles like if there's like a big caller for the team did that kind of surprise you 
like I was like in the beginning I was like really surprised like because I think same with me with everyone's like yeah Giannis did win a lot in Al but he didn't play that much mm. so like when I got like like because Wizard has always been like oh yeah Giannis is a god so like <laughs> and then we got to see him play and I was like holy shit he is actually a god because like I like like with D Cod or other players, like I've seen him on Ping playing Ryan or stuff like that. Like it's so hard to block shot. It's so hard to hit good shatters because when you're playing on Ping, you lose the sound cues because mm. the game does. The game gets really weird when you're playing on Ping, and still Giannis just like performs so well while having like 200 Ping, which like just blows my mind. And then same with like say Sansam, like he eats grabs with 200 Ping, which like shouldn't be like possible. Hmm. You got some, so some I think, big brain. Like in, big brain in the beginning, like absolutely, like Giannis just like blew me out of the water. Like I've never seen like that level of primals. Like, like the closest I'd seen was Smurf on Optic, because like Smurf's like known for his like insane Winston play. But then Giannis like is like a player that has it all. Like his Reinhardt is insane. Hmm. His Winston is so good as well. Uh, and then Sansom surprised me a lot because like he didn't. He wasn't a player that had like a very solid track record, but he still. He's performing really well, like very, very well. Hmm. I mean, I'm of course I'm really happy about all the players because we're doing really right. Good of things. course, of course. No, we're not so picking like, favorites here. Yeah, just I just like Corey the least. Well, okay, just, get that out. just 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 you know, <laughs> throw the quick jab at the young Corey. All right, I feel you. I understand. I'm I understand. Just, me and Corey get along really well. Like we play, we actually play a lot of chess. Really. And for some reason, Corey kicks my ass at it, which is very like very uh, embarrassing as an analyst. But Corey kind of tries hard. Like he looks at all the like the analysis so of like studying the studying out. Yeah, he looks at like uh, Magnus Carlsen, and I, I'm I'm just trying to ride the Norwegian wave. You know, like we kind of have it in in the blood. But yeah, Corey tries very thing. hard. <laughs> but yeah, yeah ev- everyone's like the team meshes really well. That's the good. only thing that we got to work on, like the language stuff, and mm. then just build being building as a team. That's something that I kind of want to explore with you. Um, I had spoken to Elk a long time ago about mm-hmm. um, like, like language barriers and how he kind of um, kind of uh, did the same thing as you. You went to Talon, he went to Mega in Pack. Like you, you still have mm-hmm. the, that similar kind of experience. Um, do you think, or how how much of a hindrance do you think language barriers are for teams? Because it kind of went into a lot of, or at least one particular team for me. Um, specifically Wanjo, like when I was doing my power rankings, like mm-hmm. that was one of the big things that I had had marked them down for is that like the communication for that team um, on paper looks like it could be kind of messy. Do you think that language barriers are this big hindrance or do you think they can be overcome pretty quickly? I, I think it's really bad. I mm-hmm. think one thing that people really miss when with the language barrier stuff is that it's really frustrating. Like being like knowing what you should do, but you're just unable to say what. Like Guido's like a guy that communicates a lot, right? Mm. But sometimes he just doesn't know what to say. Like he just doesn't know the English word for that word, and then he's just like stuck, like banging his like, head against the wall because like he knows the perfect play, he knows how to win this fight, but he just can't say it, mm-hmm. and it has to be like insanely frustrating. And then that kind of boils over sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's everybody's prone to tilt. And I think that term has been kind of uh, redefined. Every, everyone sports. thinks like tilting is like really bad. Like, yeah. I mean, you just, you just get frustrated. Like everyone it's gets just frustrated. Emotion. That's all. It's not, it's not fun to be unable to communicate. Yeah. So it's like, it's a process. Like I think language barriers, like 
it's overcomable. Like everyone's mm. super motivated, so everyone's working really hard. Sure. But it's just that like it's gonna take time. It's not not it's not like you're gonna learn a new language overnight, Over, right? Exactly. Nothing. There's no Rosetta Stone out there that's just gonna like give you you know english proficiency yeah. overnight like there's not there's not a pill to take it's it's a it's a brick by brick process to build the parthenon you know it's mm-hmm. it's not something easy um but that's interesting um specifically talking about Gita because he did kind of make this transition over to flex support um mm-hmm. what's your what's your kind of thoughts there do you know might we see him on tracer ever again i think people look very fondly back on his days in apex and well, as we said, Root is a weird map, and then ah. Gido is a pretty good tracer. <laughs> Very interesting. That's cool. I, I, and it's seeing the the homage there would be really fun. Um, what's what, what's your kind of goal for season two? Is there any anything that you've got on the horizon? Anything that you personally want to kind of achieve? Well, personally, I'm looking to like build more of a personal brand. It's something I kind of put off before. Like I never wanted to like build the MKL brand I was always just trying to compete and win but now that it's like more of the big leagues like kind of got to think forward and then I haven't like I've, I've been getting into streaming I think it's really funny interacting with fans and then we also have like our fan discords I have my personal discord and just interacting with people it's really mm-hmm. fun to me so like building my brand is like one of the bigger things and then also just work on my craft like I just like I don't like if I lose, it doesn't really matter to me as long as I grew as a person, grew as like an analyst, analyst or as a coach. Like I'm always just trying to like better myself, like get something out of it. So outside of like specifically VOD reviewing and, and just studying Overwatch, um, mm-hmm. how how do you go about kind of building your your analysis up when it comes to like macro rotational strategy? Is there is there books you read? Is there other esports you watch? Like what's what's your kind of? I'm not asking for the secret sauce, but like what's what? How do you practice that? So for like certain like like stuff like tempo and stuff, you can actually just like if you look into other games. Like I, I learned a lot from just watching other games, like how. My the absolute biggest way that I grow as a coach or analyst is that I just talk to other coaches. Mm. Like you can learn so much by just picking other people's brains. Like you just they just they'll just think in a way you didn't think. Like that's just how it works, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if I talk to Wizard or I say I go talk to Sword is like an uh, XLNL coach or talk to talk to um, uh, Jane, sure. talk to this person, that person. Like I learned so much. So like. Uh, back in the day when I was on LG, after LG like d- like died, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm gonna really work on myself. I want to really work on becoming a better at my job. So I just went around and I talked to players, I talked to coaches, I just learned, like I just picked their brains. I just brought up like, I would just randomly talk to people and it was like, oh, what do you think about this and this? And then and then why? Like why do you think that? Mm-hmm. And then I learned so much because like a big thing about learning is just being critical right yeah it's gotta be critical and then just sometimes you hit like you just don't get it anymore so you need like other perspectives so like (laughs) there's no easy way like you just kind of gotta i i just kind of do it all like i'll watch files i'll watch tournaments i'll watch Mm -hmm. other games i'll talk to other coaches what would you say was like the biggest what would you say like is the biggest concept that you've brought over for another game? Like, could you use an example from Tempo? tempo Absolutely, f- Tempo. From what game? <laughs> Hearthstone. Okay, fair enough. So, 
it's a it's it's also in league. They kind of describe it in a different way in league, where mm. they talk about like having like lane priority, sure. which is just tempo, anyways. Like tempo is like it's an abstract term. It doesn't mean anything. It's just, <laughs> but it, like you kind of just describe it as like winning. Like if you're you kind of ha- if you're winning, you have the tempo, right? Mm-hmm. So and then and I think that Blizzard does a lot in their games is that like. So in Hearthstone, you kind of do, like, you either you do value and tempo, right? Which sure. are, like, the two, like, different strategies in a sense. Like, tempo is about going fast. You you have the upper hand of your enemy. And then value is just you try to win with combos. You try to win with, like, big minions and then having, like, early game board clears. So you can right. just constantly clear the board and then you just put you down your huge legendary minion late game and win with that, right? While I'm more tempo-oriented, I guess, like, Every single turn, I'll put down a minion. And then how are you going to clear all this shit? Like, I'm just putting down minions, 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 minions. And then that's kind of also, like, then you can, like, so you understand why is this strategy winning, right? Oh, because you're overwhelming the opponent, and then you, uh, like, adapt that into Overwatch. Like, oh, yeah, if we just run at the Rhine over and over and over again, like, if he doesn't properly react and just dies, they lose. That's, like, kind of how GOATS works, right? Yeah. Like, you just have the tempo, and just going fast like it's really hard to react when it came to you know your own personal development and growth like when you were younger when did you kind of have this this eureka moment where it was just like oh i have to like critically think about things if i want to learn it was and and the reason why i asked this question um mendo actually had put out a tweet recently kind of uh, explaining to somebody in this chat like how to get better at something it's not it's not really getting better at something it's just learning how to learn better Mm -hmm. right so when when did you kind of like have that moment for yourself like in your own like when you were younger and as a teen you know in in school um or was that something that was always instilled from you you know uh, that you always had like instilled from you from your parents as as was was there a moment for you in a sense i've always been very critical and the way i'm thinking like oh it's been but then my big moment when it comes to like Overwatch is that I got kicked from a team. So I was like, I need to just, I just wasn't good enough. Mm. I, I got complacent. I didn't improve. So like, holy shit. Like, I, I was like, in the beginning, you're like sad. Like, oh, what what did I do to deserve this? And then you're like, fuck. Like, and then you just, I just like sat down. And I realized like, it's my problem. I need to get better. So I just, I just worked harder. Like, I just felt like I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't studying hard enough. I didn't offer enough to the team. That, like I was worth my salary and worth my weight, like mm. in the team. And and you mentioned this before, you know, working with so many coaches um, and being able to pick a lot of their brains. Is this something that you're kind of comfortable doing, like working with so many people? Is this something that you're actually uh, excited to do because you have so many different perspectives to kind of um, learn from and and really try to improve your your style of uh, analysis? I love being right. I love arguing and being right. So it's not, I'm not uncomfortable with that at all. Like, if I believe in something, I will argue. Like, I can sit there for hours and hours and hours. Just like, that's why I love working with silence. Cause, si- like, me and silence would just argue about everything all the time. Like, silence is so much fun to argue with. Cause he's like, he's just as me, like, super stubborn. Like, he really believes in what he believes in. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's like that's that's at least how I like that's how I learned to learn just arguing like being critical and then just like picking other people's brains like like formulating your thoughts in a way that like enables them to like relay their thoughts back right 
right. instead of just saying I think this like you you you're talking in a way that like you want them to reply like why do you think this and then what do you like what do you think about this right is it something like, do you think that players should be doing more of is like talking to other players not necessarily leaking anything but like just kind of picking the brains of other people or do you think that there's just some people who are just like super cool with just being by themselves and just grinding on their own and they kind of have a almost a one-track mind in a sense i think like you can always learn more like mm. you're never gonna like cap out your knowledge on overwatch right and so like i don't think you'll get as much out of it as like you, you can play a rank like you, you can learn on your own like you like you won't get better at shooting stuff by talking to another player, right? Sure, of course. But but you might learn this and this quirk about this character or like this and this tech on this character that you didn't know before, which is like might help increase your play by like five percent, ten percent, right? Mm. <clears throat> I think as like a coach, it's like you kind of just have to do it. Like you have to find some ways to learn, right? Whether it's studying on on your own or like picking other people's brain. As a player, it's like it's not that like it's. It's still valuable, but it's not like I wouldn't recommend everyone doing this. Like I would mm. recommend you try it and see how it helps you. But if it doesn't net the same results, you might as well just go and play some deathmatch, like Widow deathmatch, and shoot heads, just right? Take some heads. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Now, when it comes to to kind of this player burnout discussion that predated like the big mm -hmm. ban, you know, debate that was happening. Um, you know, we had Mark Cuban in, and he was going back and forth. Nate. Um, is this something well I, I would imagine that a lot of teams are trying to combat this as best they can but um could you talk a little bit about what what washington justice is doing to really you know put uh, a foot forward when it comes to uh player burnout is that something you guys are really like trying to you know hinge or or hedge as much as possible trying not to have your players super fatigued for for this season i'm pretty sure every single owl team knows what like is the good like like good region of practice right like, mm. we ha like right now we're not going super hard because we're not in la so we're right. like playing like two blocks a day and then having like maybe two hours of review so that makes like six hours but then like i'm pretty sure what like the standard would be is like just two or three blocks with like two or three hours of review or just discussion because like you also gotta like like when people structure in a way that you're like as a team for 12 hours like you're also just like like how are the coaches supposed to do any sort of prep work like i'm just like how like how are they having decent reviews when mm. all their time is spent scrimming so like for the burnout like even like with lnl optic like i haven't experienced going above three blocks a day mm. like that seems to be like the like, limit i'm very much like and like i think that I would rather have two or three really good blocks than five okay blocks. Like I, 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 I want and I expect 100% when we're scrimming because mm -hmm. if not, you're wasting my time. Like I can't review a scrim block where we went 80% because then we're just losing to mistakes, right? Like right. individual mistakes. Like if I'm going to like go seriously into a scrim block, it needs to be 100% because I, I, I need us to lose to our like, I need us to lose and win by our macro, like macro decisions, and how we play as a team, not because this player fucked up, because mm -hmm. there's nothing to learn there, right? So there's like a lot of stuff. Like, if a block is bad, then 
there's like there's zero value out of it because there's more than just the two hours of you screaming there. It's the review the coach is doing and then the mm -hmm. players rewatching their POV, right? Then all that value is just lost. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, so, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was like, I don't think players are getting like, I like people are bringing it up. But I haven't really heard about much burn. Like, there's the people retiring, but hmm. I think there's more reasoning than just burnout for that. Okay. Like, there are other stuff going on that causes them to want them to retire and stuff like that. But like, most teams are just playing the like the same amount where they're playing two to three blocks with some review, and then people get either alone time where they can play rank or stuff like that. Would you, I think that's probably where a lot of this, um, these, these large practice numbers come from is like the insertion of like counting, playing, you know, solo queue or ranked mm -hmm. as, as practice. Would you consider that, you know, uh, a mandatory part of, you know, a, a professional player's life? Do you think that is also practice? Uh, I know. So like, okay. I, I don't remember the exact metaphor I used, but like sure. when a basket player goes home and he shoots hoops on his garage, that's not practice, right? He's just doing it because he loves his job. He's having fun. Sure. Like, of course, of course, you're in, like you're honing your skill, but so is just doing like repeat throws, like when you're basketball players. But you're not mentally torturing yourself just going outside and throwing a ball, right? Mm. Like, it's not like the the main cause for burnout is just being so stressed and so overwhelmed with your work. But like, rank doesn't have that same amount of stress that like having a scrim block would have. Because you don't you don't need to go one hundred percent into your your rank game mm -hmm. the same way you should do when you're doing a scrim block, right? One hundred percent. That makes a lot of sense. So it is kind of more of a mental thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. And then it doesn't help that the game is in a state where like DPS players aren't deep playing DPS characters, but like sure. that's kind of that's not, that has nothing to do with our like, <laughs> scrim schedule, right? Like we right, can't really of control. Course. That's up, Blizzard. Uh, you know, a, a choice and, and and just a meta game. You know, it happens. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll I'm sure we'll get another one sooner or later. <laughs> now, when we go into the Overwatch League, if you can speak on this, because again, I don't I don't want to you know cause any anger anywhere. But uh, mm -hmm. is there anybody you're looking to really uh, kind of not to create a rivalry with? But would there is there a team out there that you personally would be like feel really good if he just beat i really want to kick sefi's ass like i just really want to kick sefi's ass like i love sefi i love silence but i just really want to kick their ass atlanta dc huh yeah. i mean it makes sense it's 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 pretty close there, regionally <laughs> there's this like superficial like rivalry because it's lnl versus lnl which like it's just like the dumbest rivalry i just want like i just want to beat sefi because it's sefi right sure like and then like i mean i want to beat everyone like i want to win but <laughs> Like, of course, beating Atlanta would be the most fun because then they're like, haha, I made the right choice and I went to Washington, right? <laughs> that would be, uh, I would imagine that would be, you know, wonderful to, to have on that record and, and just kind of throw a quick <laughs> jab at some former co-workers. Um, is there anything anything else about Season 2 that, that's kind of piquing your interest? Are you excited about anything in particular? Any just general I mean, I'm stuff? just excited about everything. Like, it's it feels like everything in my career is kind of like culminating into this right like mm. i've been slogging my way through contenders for quite a while even open division like a while back so it feels really good to like have your work pay off and now i just want to keep going riding this wave and then keep honing my craft and hopefully like just show the people that they're wrong and that we 
we're not 20th at least we're 19th hopefully do you do you want to kind of explore that a little bit and they explain you know why 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 you don't think that people are kind of evaluating you guys correctly well my first initial thought is that people are like oh there's drama so they must be bad mm -hmm. which is kind of like I brought this up before we started recording. Like, sure. I, people did this with Philly as well. Like, I remember ESPN, like in their, like before season one, where they're like, "Oh yeah, Philly Fusion is gonna get last because they didn't show up for preseason," which is like they're kind of using a pretty stupid reason. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, "Oh," and I kind of feel the same way for us. Like people are writing us off because we had this stupid drama going on before the signings and sure. stuff like that. And then there's legitimate reasons. Like people are like, "Oh, this player." only loses there's a lot of unproven talent like like is wizard really that good as a coach like yeah that's like legitimate reasons but there's like like i don't know what to say like 20th is rough man i don't like there has to be some serious issues to get like dead last who would you or you know roughly where would you think your team kind of sits right now going into stage one like you mentioned you know there, there needs to be tempered expectations because it is going to be a little bit difficult it's going to be a growth stage but where where for the washington fans do you think you guys will kind of sit in terms of power not necessarily you know end of stage one you know placing but you know whereabouts on the table do you think you guys will finish uh like the season no just stage one just first stage oh. coming into the first first stage probably Fairly low, but not okay. like not like, not last. Like, yeah, because we're not playing all the teams anyways. Like, sure. And I expect us to at least take one or two games. That like there's 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 a few like opponents that like they're gonna be rough. They're just gonna be rough. Like that's the reality. But mm. for every other opponent we have, like I feel very confident in winning at least some of those maps, like matches. So like like saying a like top five i think is very unrealistic but like mm. saying like 10th to 12th i think is fairly realistic for what we how it's going right now it's not bad i mean that's you know lower 50 percent. that's not bad at all that's and then we win the rest and then we get top one right there you go you just win it win it late when it matters yeah. exactly <laughs> that's uh that's the goal here now as a as an analyst uh, kind of just wrapping this up um we know that patches are going to change. Mm -hmm. Are you kind of concerned about that at all? Like having to keep up with all these, you know, moving parts. Is that something you're anticipating? Or is it something that's, you know, again, kind of exciting that, you know, there's always going to be some sort of novelty factor. Uh, for me personally, I think patches are really fun. Okay. Like I really like the theorizing. And then as a team, our entire core was built up by being meta proof mm. like our entire tryouts we, we didn't like we would like ban certain characters to force them into playing this and that we would tell them play like say play faradive play this play like no no winston etc etc it's like our for our entire tryouts like it was built on being meta proof so mm -hmm. i'm not concerned of us like having gaps in our like in our roster because i'm pretty sure we can play pretty much everything at this point and when it comes to just being in LA, do you think that, you know, I, I've heard that posed to a couple teams as being a potential dangers. Do you think that the LA life is going to hinder you guys at all? 
I'm pretty so. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Burbank area, it's very very calm. Mm. Like, and then they're gamers. They're gonna they're gonna be in the house playing games mostly. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna go out and get robbed. No, nobody's out sure. partying. Nah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure our, it's not gonna be different. It's just gonna be less mm. ping, pretty much. Which is a, a, kind of a net positive, right? Yeah, of course, of course, it's a huge positive because we have <laughs> Koreans playing on NA servers, which is, and then, like our entire team has been on ping for uh, like as long as we've been streaming now because mm. we have, like all our NA players are East Coast, which means they have a hundred ping, and then all our Korean players are in Korea, which means they have a hundred like eighty ping. Mm. So kind of last little bit again, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I like to leave this open for the guests. You know, say whatever you'd like. The last, you know, five, six minutes are yours, and then we'll kind of wrap up. I'll, you know, double plug the the social medias, and yeah, whatever whatever you want to plug, whatever you want to say, the last little bit's yours. Mm, well, I just want to say, like, I get why people, I, I feel like it's kind of cool to put us last. Like, Ajax put out a tweet the other day where he's like, like, it's just kind of become the norm to put us last mm. because of the drama bullshit. And I feel like if you look into the actual players, like, there's like on we had like a pretty good spot on uh, Reddit when there was like this Michael podcast actually when he brought on a lot of the pro players who were like, oh yeah, they have like insane players, like why are they going to get last stuff like that? And then that was when we started scrimming, and they're like, yeah, they're doing really well in scrim. So I I don't give a shit if anyone puts it last. Like I think it's like yeah, you're just proving that you're an awful analyst. It's whatever. <laughs> 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 if you have your if you have your reasons for it then go ahead then it's just predictions like it doesn't mean yeah, anything of course but if your reasons for putting us last is that it was drama then you're then i just you think you're stupid it's whatever <laughs> I, I just think like if you genuinely look into our roster there's a lot to be excited about like our scrims like so <laughs> to clear this thing up, uh Wizard went on this uh interview with I think it was Axon Esports and then he sure. said we're losing every single scrim or something. That was a joke. That's Wizard. Like that was actual Wizard in that interview. He was just memeing. Sorry, like, we're not those losing mind games. Yeah, we're not we're not losing every single scrim. Like relax, we're not that bad. <laughs> that's just Wizard, like that's Wizard's humor. Like Wizard is like a very meme person. And that was really weird because that was like actual wizard coming out in an interview. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, again, doesn't <laughs> tend to happen all that often. You know, you guys are super busy. The Overwatch mm-hmm. League is very demanding. So getting a hold of a coach and being able to pick their brains, you know, it probably mm-hmm. will happen in the preseason and most likely in, in you know, the breaks during the offseason. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that that was only a joke, though? Do you think that he was trying to, like, puppeteer some stuff behind the scenes, like, lower at the community expectations? You guys come in, like, as an underdog, and it you, you look better overall when you, when you end mean, up winning everything? I mean, yeah, of course. Like, he's, like, he's <laughs> he's, he's feeding into, like, the meme, right? Sure. Where, like, oh, Washington is going to be the new Shanghai Dragons and stuff like that. <laughs> and then there's also, like, the, like, like we're not winning every scrim. That's impossible. We're scrimming only like really good all teams. Like right. we're not even scrimming bottom teams. We're scrimming like the upper twenty five percent teams right now. Like it's like our scrims are fucking rough, but we're still doing fairly well. Mm. So well, that's good. That's good. You know, um, meeting you at BlizzCon and, and just kind of interacting with you, I'm super happy that you know you you're you're in Overwatch League and you and you're you're out there killing it. 
Um, you know, are you, I know you said you were streaming, but is there anything else you've kind of got planned content wise or anything you've got kind of coming up that you want to plug? Well, now that I'm not dying from illness, I'll sure. try to get back into streaming. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, do you do graphics or do I plug it? Yeah, yeah it, it should be below you, but for the podcast listeners, definitely let them know. So I'm justice underscore MKL on both Twitter and Twitch. That's like the two places you can find me. Mm. Uh, I have a Discord. You can find that on my Twitter. That's like best ways to interact with me. Mm. And I'm just trying to get back into streaming now that I'm not dying from strep throat. <laughs> and aside of that, I'll try to like interact more through podcasts and stuff like this. All right. So, uh, so I can get you on for episode two, like midway through. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> All right, cool. This has been another episode of Del Further. Please, please, if you're into Overwatch, follow everybody down below. I'll, I'll have the links in the descriptions. Um, if you're watching on video, you'll see the links. Go out there and make a Twitter. Follow us up. Come on now. Support, support your local scenes. Um, and yeah, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care, everybody.